What's up, Fit Fam? This is Giovanni of Gio's Logic, your host of Fitness Junkies. I hope this show meets you in good health and spirits, and if not, I hope it inspires you to do something about it. I've got a really good show today, so before we go forward, like, share, write a review, let people know Fitness Junkies is ready to go. I'm, I've got the Lift Factory in the house tonight, and one of their star trainers and one of their owners. So... Let's get into it. What's up, Key? What's up? What's up? Or what was that name earlier? Kiki, like, bro. <laughs> yeah, something Kiki. like that. <laughs> Kiki, yeah, something like that. We got Key and we got E. Ernest, what's yes, up, sir? What's going on, brother? What's going on? What's up, guys? I really appreciate you coming in. We had some good shit going on the other night Absolutely, at, yeah. at the spot. Yeah. Um. So every guest talks about their fitness journey and and what made them a fitness junkie which i think we all are oh, for sure <laughs> and uh so let's start with you how what's your journey to, to fitness um, i know you talked a little bit about yeah, it just a tad yeah I, get into it gonna be here all night so no it's okay <laughs> guys get some popcorn and my man loves some take, fitness bro it, yeah it's hey. gonna take a minute that's okay <laughs> let's um, go no uh so um it was about honestly 20 years ago um, I, I worked out in high school, obviously, you know, you lifted, but it was something those, it was one of those, um, situations where you're told, okay, you, you got to go lift, you know? So I didn't really, then I was real into music too. So I was, a, I was actually studying opera. So when I initially went to college as a vocal performance major, I told you you had a sultry voice. <laughs> you did. I, I just said that. Yeah. Right. Huh? And, and so, um, I was in college. It was my freshman year. A buddy of mine was like, you want to go to the gym? And I was like, well, I haven't started drinking yet. So why not? You know? Um, so I went and I was instantly like, I was instantly hooked and it was amazing, especially when you're at a college gym. Um, and, uh, it was a division two. So, I mean, it was still a pretty decent sized college. You know, I was right. just amazed everybody, you know, in their training and it just, I mean, I got to train and just the way I felt afterwards. But, um, uh, long story short is I realized I had a passion for it the way it made me feel. Um, I always dealt with a lot of uh, depression, um, anxiety. I was in really bad foster care when I was a kid, very abusive foster care. Um, I didn't really know it at the time, but I had kind of an alcohol issue, a drug issue. And of course, when you're like 18, 19 years old, you don't really think of it as an issue. You kind of think of it as you're just doing the normal right. teenager f freaking thing, you know? Right. So, um, I, uh, I instantly fell attracted to fitness and, um, uh, that's what I realized I really wanted to do. So I ended up, I dropped out of college and it was always something I wanted to pursue. I instantly was training every day and I was actually getting into more drugs and alcohol as I was training as well. And so there was times that the only sober part of my day was just for my training session. And, um, I have a picture it's back from 2007 and I don't know if I showed you the picture, but it's a picture that says like, show me a picture that says you like to work out all the time, but you like to do drugs and you like to drink too. <laughs> I have that picture of me and I always wow. look at that picture because it takes me back. So anyways, um, I got into training just because it was an outlet for me to, uh, well, first I realized I loved it in general. I loved the overall, um, structure. I love just everything about it. And it was also an outlet to help me try to stay sober, you know, and I actually was really influenced with the nutrition side of things as a teenager. Um, my sister, 
she utilized her unfortunate, um, uh, you know, childhood uh, Situation. situations through food. And so when I was like 12, 13, I seen my sister go from a petite blonde girl, you know, all the way to a bigger, bigger, younger lady. And I was like, I don't, you know, obviously I was putting, connecting the dots. That's what food's doing. Right. So in, in high school, when I was younger, like that's when I started getting into nutrition before I started actually lifting. Like I, I didn't really like study macro or micronutrients, you know, but I, I kind of really looked at like the alternatives to eating healthier food. And so throughout high school, I, that's what I primarily focused on. Yes, I was drinking every day. I was doing drugs every day. But at the same point, when I was eating, I was eating right. But going back to when I was like in my 20s, um, I trained a lot, did a lot of drugs, did a lot of drinking. I actually got into competing later on because I was like, I need another outlet. Like I train a lot, but I need another outlet to keep me sober because it, it wasn't clicking. And um, I started competing because I thought it was you can't drink and try to, you know, compete at the same time. Right. My uh, first show or whatnot, though, I, I did pop some pills here and there because I figured, oh, it's, it is what it is. It's not drink. It's not going to affect me. Um, but uh, yeah, so the, I got into competing because it was another outlet to keep me sober. Um, just a lot of things in and out for the past 20 years. I I mean, I it was just always passion of mine to train. Um, there is, I, I talked to my best friend occasionally, and we were roommates in my early 20s, and it would be like three, four o'clock in the morning. He'd like come out like to the living room where a computer was. I'd be blasting music to turn turn the music down. But what I'm getting to is like I would be blasting music because I would be studying about like nutrition. And I would literally be snorting lines of Coke or drinking out of a McCormick's bottle. Right. Like while I'm doing this very oxymoron. <laughs> That's how fascinated I was, right? Right. But I had such an addictive personality. Like I, I had to have that head change, which is really stupid. But um so I had some, uh, you know, rendezvous with um, going to treatment and whatnot. I uh, overdosed a few times. I've woken up a few times in the hospital bed, um, strapped to a bed and, you know, waking up in my own piss. And like, I know that sounds crazy, but and it, it is crazy, you know, to think about those instances. It is crazy. And God gave me and allowed me to continue to um, uh, get better. But my problem was, is I always ran back and I never made amends with the situations that I put myself through or I went through. Mm. And so every time a bad situation would occur, all these other things would come out of the woodwind. And um, luckily, I finally figured out out of so many trial and errors how to take care of those situations. But going back to why I fell in love with it is because this this is my higher power. This is what's saving my life. This is what saved my life. This is what continues to save my life. And now like throughout the years to be able to do this and offer this kind of help to people is amazing. Not only do I get to, um, not a lot of people like, if you know anything about addictions, we, we, there's everybody's, they have a higher power, something that, you know, they look up to, to help them keep them sober. This is my higher power, but it's not only that it's my passion. So I get to surround myself every day, 24 seven around what keeps me alive. Um, what my passion is. And it's, it's freaking amazing. You know, and I've worked every job in the fitness industry. I've managed corporate gym entities to, uh, doing janitorial work to even working GNC and managing, uh, supplement stores or whatever, you know, I've done every job wow. and there was times that I was still training people. And when you're out in the Midwest too, there might be times that you only get to train like one or two clients at a time, you know, cause that, it's not what it is like out here mm. or in bigger cities. Like people don't look at the fitness industry or they don't look at trainers or any, they don't look like, like what they do here at right. all, you know? So work in the Midwest when it comes to like the fitness industry is, is very minimal. 
So it's either you're working for a corporate gym entity or you're struggling to make it as an independent trade trainer. So, right. um, that's kind of my story. I mean, obviously there's more to it, but at the end of the day, why am I so passionate about this is because honestly, it's what's saving my life. And I get to, I get to share this with people and, um, and there's so much like no matter how much, how, how much knowledge we'll get out of it, there's always going to be more to learn. Oh yeah. And that's another thing. It's, it's, it's also keeping me, I mean, as much as I talk about, my age and I'm getting that old man dementia, but it keeps me like my mind just like always like sparked up because there's so much to learn, whether oh, yeah. that's with fitness or nutrition. And honestly, out of the two, I love training, but man, the science and everything to know what like food nutrients in general can do to the body. It's just incredible, man. It's yeah. medicine. It's just, um, that is my passion. And then you put like your, your training regiments on top of that. And like, you can create something so like beautiful and it's just a work of art and it doesn't have to be the outer um you know the physicality part of like um your body but just internally too it's just it's beautiful inside and out yeah. what nutrition will do what fitness will do so yeah it's yeah. incredible i mean that that story is great what because is it? It, tomorrow already <laughs> that's why i love this dude it, it it's you know the title of the show is fitness junkies and it, it essentially is our drug you know, yep. our drug of choice. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we all have our story, how we got here and why we're staying here and why we, you know, for most of us, it's like brushing our teeth. Yep. You know, oh, absolutely. We brush our teeth uh -huh. and we work out. Uh, yep. Everything else comes after that. Um, so we'll get into your story a little bit more in a second. But Ernest, <laughs> yes, I want to hear sir. your story. And I know you have a journey to where you are now as well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think mine's going to be quite as long. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but if it is, up. we'll see. Okay. But um, no, so I was, uh, I guess my story starts uh, when I was a kid. My mom was uh, pretty strict on us and she insisted that we played sports growing up or we couldn't live under a roof. And I think she was dead serious. So I always played football or um, baseball. Where was this? This was in Vegas. I was born and raised in Las Vegas. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Local native boy. Okay. But um, so yeah, I always played sports growing up. Then when I got to high school, I played football, uh, played a little baseball or ran track. But I also started weight training in high school as well for uh, for football, and um, that's kind of like what got me started with uh, with lifting. And then as I graduated high school, started working out at the uh, local commercial gym here in Vegas, and um, just kept going. I never really took a, a real break. I mean, I was more on and off sometimes, but I've been lifting pretty much since high school since I was. 14, 15. Wow. Yeah. And so um, eventually my uh, my two best friends, they went off to college. I stayed here. I stayed in a, in the fire explorer program, uh, became a firefighter, which is, you know, another aspect of my story. And um, when they came back, I was kind of, you know, bugging a friend of mine, uh, my buddy Nick, who's the other owner of the gym. It's like, yo, we need to uh, we need to open up our own gym. And I was just really just messing around. Hey. And um one day he goes, yo, let's do it. And I was like, uh, okay, like where do, we, <laughs> where do we start, right? And so, I mean, at that point, we just started collecting equipment. So we would get on Craigslist or auction sites and stuff like that because we knew we didn't want to like rent or lease any equipment. We wanted to have it all to ourselves, right? And so we started just getting equipment. In two and a half years, three years after that, uh, we felt like we had enough equipment to, uh, to open a gym. And that's when we started looking for locations and ended up, finding the location we're at now, which is a, a fantastic spot. And um, threw all the equipment in there, um, got it up and running, 
uh, put a bunch of murals on the wall of people that we loved. They ended up coming by, um, you know, Jay Cutler, Dana Lynn, uh, huge supporters of us uh, in the beginning. Um, Rob Bailey, the whole Flag North Fail. I could, man, I can name so many people. Cedric McMillan, RIP, my guy. That breaks my heart. Yeah. Let me tell you, I'm gonna yeah, start crying in here. Yeah. That dude was one of the first dudes to hit us up, man. Wow. He, man, oh, I didn't know I was gonna, man. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, he's a, such a good dude, and it's uh, that's a tough loss there. But um, there's a lot of people that helped us get the get the lift factory off the ground, and um, it's become what it is today, thanks to people like Kikoa and uh, all the people that come through and support us when they're in town for the Olympia or visiting Las Vegas. I never thought we'd be like a a place to go when you're in Las Vegas. Like that's nuts to me. Right. It's very that iconic. Is, dude, that is nuts to me. That I, I told somebody, I was like, um, I told a good friend of mine, he's a business owner. I was like, man, if if the if the gym pays for itself, we'll be good. Like I just wanted a place to train. I right. wanted a place that I knew other people would want to train at too. And so that was like the whole thing. I was like, if the gym, if the gym pays for itself, cool, we'll be fine. He was, and he said to me, he goes, uh, that's not a, that's not a good mindset to be in. You need to want to make money if it's a business. And I was like, Hey, it is what it is, dude. I'm like, that's how I feel. Nice. And I'm um, just going in with that, with that mindset. And, um, I feel like we didn't never did it for any money or any fame or any acclaim or anything. We just did it cause we wanted a place to lift and that place hadn't, didn't really exist in Vegas yet. And so we brought it here and, uh, it became something big. So yeah, and that's that's a lot of like like why I train people. It's not. It's definitely not about the money. It's because yeah. I have the opportunity to help people. Yeah, do the same kind of concept, you know. And I, I tell people that all the time. It's like, well, at the end of the day, you should you should be worried about making that money. I'm like, honestly, yeah. if I can like have a roof over my head and the food that I need to eat, like that's all that matters to me. Bro, at the end of the day, if I'm at if I'm capable of helping as many people as I can, like. That's where it's at. And that, for sure. that clicked to home for what you just sure. said for me, man. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's, it's the passion, bro. Yeah, absolutely. It's yep. the passion. If you follow that passion, the money will come. Like, forget the money. Like, yeah. if you're doing it for the money, you're doing it for the wrong yeah, reasons. Absolutely. If you ask me, um, do it because you're passionate about it. And people will see that and people will feel that. And I feel like that energy is at the lift factory. And when people Absolutely. walk in there, they can feel that that vibe and that energy that we wanted to create in there. And when you go in there, you know it's time to work, you know? Do you feel like, I've done different parts of the training industry, the gym uh, management, all that stuff, worked at a supplement store. Do you feel like in ownership, you're you're kind of away from actually getting that feeling that we get when we train someone, changing their life. Because I hate when I start moving away from one-on-one -on -one or group training, I feel like disconnected from that magic that you get when you start changing, changing people's lives. But what's your perspective on that? Um, do I feel like anybody that comes into the Lift Factory that, that is like a member there um, that we're changing their lives on a constant basis? I don't train people per se, but everybody that comes in there, our whole Lift Factory family, like, I, I, man, I was, uh, I've always felt like I was, would love to inspire somebody, right? And I've had many people come up to me and, uh, and ask me, oh, you know, dude, you guys, I love what you do here. Like, how'd you guys do it? You know, I'd love to open up my own gym. It's just to hear people say, oh, I, right. they'd love to do something that I did is, is right. crazy. Right. It's crazy. So yeah, I guess <clears throat> I, I feel it just through the membership. Yeah. So you kind of, I don't know if you, I don't think you did, but maybe you did, but you, you, you have a gym that's, you know, on the outside it says hardcore. Yeah. So 
and it when you go inside, you immediately get it. It's a hardcore gym. It's not fluff. Yeah. It's it's down not and dirty. Bougie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how did that how did that come to be? Like how did it become like a true bodybuilder gym? So I mean, lifting is my passion. I'm not I don't I've never never stepped on stage before. Um, I've rarely ever really like tracked my macros or anything. I just like to get after it in the gym. That's what I'm most passionate about. And the lift factory, I guess, reminds me of the vibe in like my high school gym where everybody was cheering and yelling at you and, and lifting you up. And that's the kind of environment that I personally feel like um, if you're lifting, you get better in, right? Going to a gym where I can't make any noise or I can't drop any weights, it doesn't, you, to push yourself to that next level, you're going to make some noise, yep. right? Nice. And that's not only in the gym, but that's in life, mm -hmm. right? right? And so I wanted to open a gym that you can make some noise in. Got it. Yeah, Got it. for sure. Got it. Now, training is one thing, and I know you train probably different types of food groups, you know, people just trying to lose weight, you know, your models, your bodybuilders. Um, what does hardcore training mean to you is it i believe in you know lift heavy you know you need to lift heavy but what is hard a hardcore gym and hardcore philosophy mean to you um basically when you're training and uh i i don't want to get too like science into it because i mean i could start talking about the depletion of glycogen but i'm like uh, <laughs> uh to me like personally when i can't really do anything else i um and this kind of reminds me of like the camera situation. You know, a lot of people, they, they say, oh, the, this generation, they utilize too much. They want to get too much on camera. Honestly, to tell you the truth, like for me, every, every time that I'm getting like a video of something or a certain particular movement, I work that much harder. Um, I'm pressured to work that much harder because I know it's going to be on film. But uh, hardcore for me is when it's taking everything that you got to do that particular movement or like by the time you get done with those three sets per one movement, you literally have nothing left that you can do like, um, until you move on to the next movement. And even at that next movement, you're still run down where you know that you can't give a hundred percent to that next movement because you just gave 90% of that last movement. Now you're right. going down to 80, you know what I'm right. saying? So basically hardcore training to me is where you're, you're walking in there, but you're, fucking crawling out you know what i mean like sure. that's how it is nice. so yeah nice and you're still crawling out when you're training arms okay it's right. not just legs all right right, right. so sure. um so you, you spoke about nutrition and that's one of your passions um do you and you before this we started you talked about you're not big on the cheat meals or cheat days or whatever is is your philosophy with nutrition with your clients hardcore as well um, okay, so it's going to cater to different lifestyles. I care to cater it to a lot of people. So not a, I don't want to say not a lot, but, uh, and I, again, I'm not saying that I'm super strict. I mean, I, I am, but not a lot of people can honestly probably eat the way that I eat day in, day out. I definitely, I don't eat for pleasure. Trust me. Like even on my growing phase, I'm still eating fish twice a day, you know, like, I don't eat for pleasure. You learn to enjoy it. And there's certain things you can do to enjoy it a little bit more. But like with my clients, if they're lifestyle clients, I mean, I make it a lifestyle diet where they're able to still like make result, like see results, but still have the like satisfaction of knowing their next meal is going to taste good. Right. Um, it's, 
so it caters by the person. And obviously if somebody's on prep, it's going to be more of a, you know, a more stricter, um, protocol. Um, but my lifestyle clients, they get it good. You know, they get it real good. I mean, it, some of them will wake up and they'll have like on a high carb day, they'll get French toast or something, you know, right. like, um, I do with all my clients, unless you're on prep, unless you're, you know, um, six, 16, 12 weeks out, whatever my lifestyle clients or people that are on growing phases, even so all my clients in general, except people on prep, they get a cheat meal once a week. And this, it doesn't matter if they're, um, if they're, uh, overly obese, like if they're just overweight, it doesn't matter. The reason why I have this concept is because a lot of trainers out there and you, you've heard it before. It's a standard protocol. Okay. After 30 days, you can have a cheat meal, you know, let's just make it to that 30 day. Like, dude, you're setting people up for failure. Oh, 100%. And yeah. so the thing is, is if, if I can get my clients to abide by my nutritional protocol, like at least 80%, give me 80% throughout the week. The only thing that they're going to probably like, that's going to occur from that, um, cheat meal is a little bit of water retention. And typically after a couple of days, they're going to get rid of that water retention. So like, why not give somebody something to look forward to at the end of the week or at that day? And typically I put their cheat meal on like a leg day or like a uh, back day days that they're, you know, large, large, muscle, large groups. muscle groups, yeah, right? Yeah, because yeah. their body's going to be utilizing those not so great nutrients a little yeah. bit better than if they already eat it on a rest day. You know what I mean? That pump's going to be crazy. Well, yeah. especially, yeah. Well, in the following day as well, you know, but, um, yeah, so it, it, it based, it's really based on what you're trying to do. And I got, I, I mean, I got clients that have diabetes. I have clients that are vegans. I have clients that are pescatarians. I have clients, you know, I have a wide variety of clients. And so that's another great thing is like, I'm just not catering to one certain individual. I'm not just catering to one certain um, style of um, client. I'm catering to a lot. And so for me, that's amazing because I get to, that's more work for me. And that's just more learning for right. me, you know? Right. So, um, and uh like recently i just i i've gotten to do a couple new diets that i was unfamiliar with and it's just amazing because you get to go back to that kind of research lifestyle and kind of figure out okay how am, how am i going to approach this or how am i going to write this one out you know yeah so it's uh i wouldn't say a lot of people take it as strict as i do it's just something again i just eat for purpose and it's something i'm always going to do probably even when i'm 60 70 years old obviously it's not going to be more it's not going to be bodybuilding catered it's right. going to be more of a um, longevity, longevity yeah. and uh, more of a healthier lifestyle i'm not saying bodybuilding is not um healthy by any means when it comes to nutrition it, it we definitely you know eat good um but it could be a little bit better you mm -hmm. know because we're focused on a few things more so than others you know yeah so yeah. so um you talked a little bit about what environment you created at the Lift Factory and culture is king. And when we were in there the other night, I saw a bunch of young kids and maybe a couple of trainers hanging out and the you, one client had a dog with her. And it was like, oh, this is really like a, a culture, a little family. Like, how did you create that? Or did it create itself? Or is it you or... <laughs> Um, I would say it kind of created itself um, with that environment, with that vibe that that we created in the gym. It attracts a certain kind of lifter, you know, um, and those kind of people kind of attach to one another or it, it just becomes a family. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're surrounded by like minded people, wherever you are, it's like you're it's like you're surrounded by family. 
Um, and that's just the environment that that creates. It's kind of cyclical like, like that, that, you know, yeah. um, create it and they will come and the people that are there will become family, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's so important in this day and age that, um, you know, loneliness is one of the, like they say is now like smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. It's, yeah. it's really hard and, and community is so important, but we're all so separated, even though we have our phones to connect each other, supposedly. It's not real connection. But, right. No, but there's definitely a family vibe when I went there. And it was like, even like, even the people that were training and there were people hanging out in the lounge area. It's like, I knew like it was, everyone was cool. No, no judgment. No, no I mean, it was just a really good environment. And I, and I, I suppose guys like this help that environment out what do you what do you think about the environment there i love the environment um yeah it's uh it's freaking remarkable like before i moved to vegas i remember seeing the lift factory um like on instagram facebook whatever and i'm like i i didn't even know i was going to move to vegas until a month before i moved to vegas all right so <laughs> but i always i remember like seeing because there's been plenty of commercials done at the lift factory and stuff i'm like that is one dope ass gym <laughs> i'm like someday i don't care if i got to visit vegas i'm gonna check it I'm, out i'm gonna check that gym out <laughs> and lo and behold like i moved to vegas and i'm honestly where i'm at it's 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 a blessing dude it's almost a, a dream um and i tell people this like i'm not the most i'm not rich by any means but I made it. I'm living my dream. Um, I'm going to get a little emotional, but uh, right. um, doing what I do every day, getting to be able to get up, uh, go to the factory, train clients. Um, dude, it's, it's, uh, I made it, you know. Like, awesome, man. That, that makes you uh, feel good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, the, and everybody there, like you said, dude, it's family, man. Like, it's, uh, I could have the most rundown day. I could be, three days out from a show and i mean i could go to the factory dude and like just the aura and the people there my my energy levels just instantly Pump back up dude it's it's crazy just i mean the intensity and just the feeling of just um everybody there it's camaraderie at its finest like it's i mean family that's in capital letters dude that's the lift factory dude for real Man, people, if that's not a commercial for going to the Lift Factory, I don't know what is. But, George, let's see that clip that you did, uh, you know, the Lift Factory clip. Let's take I a got look. It. Here we go. What a solid edit. Yeah, dude, that was sick. That was sick. That was sick. Thank you. Thank and you. You put the rock music on there. Dude, that was not really yeah. rocking in over there. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I, I love the vibe there. It was really cool. Um, and I, it's the kind of thing that, you know, people 
you know, need to know about, like that there's that option there in the city, especially with all these um, gyms that are popping up now that, that, you know, like the Fit Club and, and all those other gyms that are, you know, kind of trying to give the hardcore feeling but a little bit more glossy a little bit more pretty a little more bougie <laughs> yeah, ain't, no, ain't no marble countertops at the lift factory. Hey, well, i'm absolutely. sorry no, you, no, no if no. you want chandeliers don't come to <laughs> yeah, yeah that's not what we're about no. um yeah so uh let's get back into your story and you talked about something that that you know all my friends say about me and you said that you love the discipline that the the fitness lifestyle or the bodybuilding lifestyle gave to you, and that was mm -hmm. one of the key factors that helped you stay sober. Talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, man, the structure. So obviously, to um, to be able to, because we're technically like we're artists. We're we're basically kind of building, you know, our body. Um, basically, you know, every day it's just um. Uh, we're molding us into something, you know, better, but the structure, man, like I have to, and that goes back to why I don't do much myself for cheat meals and things like that. Because if I was to like, maybe, um, lose 10% of that structure that allows 10% of something else possibly to work its way in, you know? Mm. So for me, it's, um, does it get exhausting sometimes it it, it does I, I mean because i'm calculating and i'm always tracking my food every day and i i cook my food fresh every day every morning i'm up at 5 30 to do that so i can allow myself to cook six meals you know for the day and but um i have to have that structure and it i have to abide by that and i have to live by that every day because if i was to stop living by that structure knowing who i am um something negative probably would uh take place of that creep that in yeah creep in and, yeah. and take over that structure and say this is your structure now you know but <laughs> no, it's not we so, got you <laughs> yeah no and i can't i can't allow myself to go back to that and so yeah the structure it it it, it, it is, um, and it's addicting in itself, honestly, because like I get to see myself, like on, when you get to the point of you're so like, um, just in depth with just, um, your training and what you're doing for yourself. And you really do start, like, I almost see my body change differently or looks different day by day. And it's, it's incredible. And it's just, I have control of what I want to look like in four months. That's freaking amazing. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I, I have control of what I want to look like in four months. Like I literally. love that concept, man. And, I've never heard it put months. that way. But oh, yeah, yeah, I have, sure. I, that's my control. So whatever I want to look like in six months, I can work my ass off to try to look like that the best way possible. You yeah. Know? And, so. and you also said it earlier, but it, it, you can change your life and body in six months and it doesn't have to be crazy like you know nazi no food no, i mean you can have the 80 20 absolutely oh there's there is room uh, you know i might not do it myself right. but again my mindset's a little uh, bit crazier than most right, um right. but yeah you can have that absolutely you know and another good thing i tell people also like because you see a lot of people, they're, they're going to Denny's every morning. They're doing that thing every day. It's like, where's the fun in that? You know, like 
when I do get to allow myself to have some of my favorite treats, I'm a freaking kid in the candy store. Yeah. I'm so excited because, oh, I might not have had that, had that certain piece of tres leches for maybe three months. Now I get to have it, dude. <laughs> right, I'm yeah. so stoked. Right. Dude, the reward on that and just the, the endorphins I get just yeah. knowing tomorrow's my cheat meal. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like yeah, it's, sure. it's insane, dude. Yeah. And it's, 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 you know, I know without even asking you, it's creating that mindset, you know, the framework that you live your life in. Yep. And you have to teach people that if the things that you're doing don't fit in the framework that you've created, you need to, to keep that shit out and stay in within your framework. And it's all about mindset. Uh-huh. And everybody's different, too. So this is another cool thing about everybody being different. Of course, taking me, an alcoholic and an addict, and trying to develop that structure so everybody's going to have it a little bit differently some people's going to be able to go right out of the gate running some people they need to slow it down a little bit and just gradually gradually you know get to where they need to be it's and again we all know it's a marathon right yes um going back to the cheat meal side of things though one other reason why i do implement that cheat meal once a week is because they're going to get about eight weeks down the line and they're going to have that cheat meal and they're going to start saying I don't even know if that cheat meal is worth it anymore because yeah. I feel like garbage. Yeah, you know what I mean? Sure, and yeah, believe it or sure. not, I have clients that even tell me, I'm like, so what'd you have for a cheat meal this week? Be honest. I didn't have one. Yeah. That right there in yeah, itself is like, that's the ticket that that's what you're, you're, you know, hoping that they get to, you know, and when they start telling you that it's like, yeah, those are some of the small, but to me, big rewards, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The little miracles. Yep. So to own a gym, to be a firefighter, you have to have discipline. Um, <laughs> I don't think you're strict is, is key as all, no. but, but talk about, you said that there's a, a, a story about your, your firefighter world and how did that kind of mix in with the gym and exercise? Um, so I guess me being a firefighter would be, um, just that still having that fitness aspect even in my day job, right? Because I still have to stay in shape. I still have to, you know, be strong enough to, to perform the task that a firefighter must perform. And um, having that in my life and then even my hobby being lifting weights and, and being in the gym, um, it's just I'm just getting it from everywhere, you know, that, right. that fitness, that fitness lifestyle and that fit, fitness, uh, you know, aspect. Mm. And so I guess that would be the, the biggest way. Plus, um, I'm fortunate enough to have a, a pretty good schedule that allows me enough time off to to build and, and create, a, you know, a gym and to maintain one, you know. So um, that's kind of how it all ties in. Because mm. you guys what work four days a week or uh so my schedule is uh two days on four days off we got 48 96 Damn. yeah <laughs> two days on four days off it's uh to defend myself okay <laughs> uh it's a 56 hour work week so as opposed to a 40 it's fit we work 56 hours a week yeah so, so 16 extra and that's just straight pay like um last year i worked probably 800 hours of overtime on top of that normal schedule so it's a lot of work oh, wow. for sure uh the schedule looks good from the outside you right know? but uh <laughs> especially when you have sleepless nights um it, it it weighs on you for sure so the schedule is a is a perk but 
underneath that perk, there's some there's some bad side to it. It might too. take you two days to recover from those two Facts. days, huh? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Right. So wow. for sure. And how do you influence your other firefighters? Are, are they also motivated to train? And and do you guys work out at the station as well? Uh, absolutely. Every one of our fire stations has a a pretty decent gym in it. Actually, our other owner Nick. Um, he's in charge of outfitting our gym. So, uh, and that's, oh, wow. that's a really cool, yeah, really cool little piece. And the whole, uh, in the whole department. Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. for sure. So he, uh, he gets our equipment and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, every station has a gym and we have mandatory, um, mandatory workouts, uh, that we must do every day. Um, oh, wow. yeah. Um, as far as, uh, motivating the others, I actually just, um, got certified as a peer fitness trainer for uh, for Las Vegas Fire, so I get to um, to help and go around the stations and help the guys out as far as uh, lifting and exercise goes. Oh wow, yeah, that's it's, cool! It's, it's very rewarding to be able to. I was at a station the other day and the guys were working out and they were squatting, and uh, some of their the form was was not that great. So I was like, hey, you mind if I you know give you guys a little pointers? And uh, they they accepted it and. I got to teach them a little bit and it's uh same as helping people on the job as a firefighter getting to help my my fellow co-workers was very rewarding right yeah for right. sure. wow i i mean god i mean i wish more businesses like took that kind of you know focus on health and fitness because i mean if they really thought it through it would save a lot of money. So much money on injuries. So much money. Uh, yep. Healthcare time, costs. Yeah. Well, I, I have I have a few clients actually online clients here in Vegas that are firefighters. Oh yeah. Yeah. For oh, wow. sure. Yeah, well, I mean, and a couple of them go to the factory and whatnot, but they okay. do my they uh, they do online training mm-hmm. with me, and uh, yeah, I mean, for the most part, like everybody in the fire department, it seems like here in Vegas is they're very. Um, I would definitely say the majority. Yeah, for sure. majority. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's real big just Vegas or I think it's all over honestly because I got friends yeah. back in the Midwest that are um firefighters uh, the fire mm-hmm. department and actually one of my um uh, inspirations when I was younger Dennis he's a fire captain out at Nebraska and um okay. this dude I looked up to him when I was like 18 19 just getting started and he was a big dude and he was a fire captain and I'm like I want to look like that guy when I get older <laughs> you know yeah, and but yeah sure. I think it's everywhere it's yeah. absolutely right. everywhere yeah. right that's cool I love that um so you spoke about your training. Um, let's see one of the exercises we did the other night at the lift factory. What's up, dude? What's up, man? How are you? Good, Good to meet you. We're here yep. at the lift factory, mm-hmm. and we're in the leg room. Yep. And what's this machine? Okay, so this is the pit shark, so it's a belt squat machine. Um, it's, it's so versatile though, like you can utilize this for so many different movements. I mean, sky's the limit with this piece of equipment. So how we're gonna do this, most of your belt squat machines are gonna come with a chain similar to this. Um, using this D-bar attachment right here. Gotta go up a little bit more, so that way we're gonna be able to get more depth. So this is gonna be hill elevated. And what you wanna do with your feet You'll notice that I kind of have it in the 10 and two o'clock position. The reason why I do that is because it already is gonna activate your glutes, right? As opposed to if they're straight like this, but if you just stand there and point your toes at a 10 and two o'clock, you can feel your glutes activate. Come up about three quarters of the way, an isometric pause, basically you're gonna contract those glutes for three seconds, so it's gonna be a three second pause. So you're gonna come up, squeeze the glutes, one, two, three. That-
glute specific movements. I don't really do them myself because my glutes uh, grow way too quick. So, I mean, they grow just fine as like secondary, you know, if I'm like doing squats or whatnot, I mean, um, I really can't isolate and just focus on my glutes because it just, and then it just makes my hamstrings look that much smaller. <laughs> The tie-in. Yeah, man, the tie-in. <laughs> I think a lot of people are like, they forget about the tie-in. Yeah. It's, it, it's huge. And when I go to shows, I notice it a lot too. I think people really kind of um, forget that there's that part mm -hmm. of your glute and hamstring. It's a tie-in. And yeah. if you can tell that, you can definitely like point out, especially when you go to bodybuilding shows, like, yeah, that guy doesn't really like focus on his tie-ins, you know? <laughs> right. um, but there's a lot of different areas that people don't really uh, know how to specifically isolate and work which is honestly in the bodybuilding world is it's kind of um that's one less thing like you're gonna have as an advantage if you don't work it you know mm -hmm. what i mean mm -hmm. so the tie-in is huge man i i'm a big firm believer that it needs to be worked especially like a lot of a lot of my clients um depending on how many days a week they can train i split up legs so i'll do glutes and hamstrings quads and adductors um and the legs are obviously such a big muscle group. Like, I don't like, again, it can be done um, depending how many days a week you can work out. I don't like to group everything up in one day. It's it's too Same. much too much area, you know. It's mm -hmm. um, too much to do um, for that particular day. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. But, yeah, the tie-in, man, it's a remarkable. There's a lot of different movements to do. And I just want to advocate people that, you know, that could be something that maybe the judges came back and said – that you need to work on and yeah. i don't think when i talk to just people in general they're like the time what the, what the hell are you talking about you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. like it's like you gotta be pretty deep into it you gotta be pretty deep into it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. tell them exactly what's going <laughs> on you know right. Right. So. um so you you train all different types of people mm -hmm. you also train people for the stage and um you're in a hardcore gym environment and you know i've learned I've been training people for 20 years, but I've learned so much since I started this podcast, talking to different trainers and different coaches. Um, what is what is your feeling about the extracurricular um, um, injectables that are, are, are in the industry? You talked about your your friend that, that died, um, bodybuilder. Do you think? steroids is the problem is is there a way to to do it right um what, what do you think um okay so like with me being a coach uh i'm a big firm believer on health markers um blood work it's oh it's huge um it's very very and it it doesn't even and the, and I'm not even talking about people that are, you know, on anabolics or anything like that. Just blood work in general with people. You got to know what your health is like, you know. Every six months at least. Absolutely. You, you, you need to see where your health markers are and see, you know, what needs to be improved and take the initial steps to improve those certain areas in your life that needs, you know, uh, improved on. But um, I think... And I was having this conversation, and of course, it's been brought up even more so. And I think about this even more now that I'm getting older and whatnot. And um, I, I, I wouldn't say that you can entirely just say this individual passed away because of steroid use. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can... <sighs> 
you can't put it on that. I think there's a, an assortment of factors. Yes, will being on steroids um, increase or influence that unfortunate situation that's happening? Um, yes, it's it might enhance it. It might, you know, um, but can I say that that was the sole proprietor why that individual passed away? I'm I'm not going to say it is. I mean, it's like um, take for instance, you have an average Joe that goes to the bar after work every day and has three beers with his buddies every day after work. Um, but ends up, ends up dying of a heart attack. Are you going to sit there and say it was the beers? It was the beers every day after work. <laughs> no, you're not going to no. say that, you know, it's, um, so there's other outside influences or, you know, health problems that you've, that you most likely acquired, not specifically coming from, anabolic use. Mm -hmm. I think it'll influence, obviously it'll enhance it, or it can speed up the process of whatever that situation may be. Again, that's why you go get your, uh, uh, your blood work done. You make sure that your health markers are where they need to be, because that's going to automatically like, um, tell you whether or not to keep on supplementing, right? you know, right. or, or, um, to pull back, but going to your question is, is there, healthier ways of, um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't take honestly a bunch. And this is what's so great about my job too, is I am the one that has to really pay attention to the individual and how their body works. Mm -hmm. And, um, that, that comes along when you're doing like supplement protocols, supplement protocols, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, um, you, you have to really pay attention to that individual's body because, too much is going to be too much. I yep. mean, it's no matter what, it's just like, uh, essential amino acids or branched chain amino acids, right? You, you can have as much as you want of that. Right. But what is your body going to do that? It's not indirectly, or it's not directly going to utilize. It's going to kick it out. Same with anabolics. But the difference is your body's going to suffer some negative effects. And so you take more, your body necessarily is not going to use everything that you take. Right. So, it's you have to there is a smarter way of doing things more is not always better it's never better especially when it comes right. to anabolics and, right. and the way that they're making anabolics these days compared to they made them in the 80s and even early 90s even before then is so much more enhanced yeah so like literally i mean you see people making phenomenal like phenomenal progress just off of trt dosages of testosterone that they got them from the, from their doctor you know right, what i mean right so it again more is definitely never better right and uh i don't think that you can solely blame anabolic steroids on um individuals deaths right you know so uh, you know it's what you handled that question question very well um there's you know, I think part of the problem is with the more is not necessarily better is everyone is doing it. Even uh, even bikini mm -hmm. competitors are, are are taking shit, and to keep up with the other competitors, it's like unless your genetics are off the charts, you have to do something. You have to you have to kind of get into the game and, and, and I'm, I'm definitely, I, I mean, I supplement as well. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that, um, I think done carefully, you check your blood work. Um, it's, 
it's I think it it's enhances what you do. It's not a magic pill, but it enhances this artistry that we're right. we're doing. Right. Um, again, like there's safer alternative way of, of doing things, and, and take this for instance. Okay, growth hormone, right? Doctors prescribe growth hormones to older individuals for what reason? For longevity, right? Um, uh, so think about it this way: you have older individuals that might be on growth hormone for ten to fifteen years at a small amount, maybe a small, small amount. But see, at the same point, right. it's an excess. It's not going to be so great. Mm-hmm. But in a small amount, what are these older individuals? It's giving them a little more life. It's giving them, you know, it's uh, a little more longevity. So, uh, yeah, it's not, again, it's, it, it's, you can do too much. But I also want to state this too, going back to the genetic side of things. There comes a point in time that you have to, especially as a competitor, bodybuilding, and I'm going to be honest, and I mean, doing it for myself, again, I don't. I never really got into it because I knew about money or anything like that because there is no money in bodybuilding. Let's be, let's <laughs> right. be legit about that. Right. Yeah. There really isn't. Um, there has to come a point in time, especially if you're somebody that continuously be like cruising or just cycling and cycling or prepping for one show. And then three months later, starting a new prep for another show, just continually using and using, there has to come a point in time that you have to say to yourself, am, am I really going to make it further on in this sport? Right. You have to, because at the end of the day, you are still, you know, you're, you're not doing the most positive thing for your body by taking a whole bunch of shit. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have to come in, you have to really think on a genetic, like, um, thought processes genetically. Am I going to be good enough to try to get further in their sport? You have to, and especially bodybuilding. Otherwise you can like continue to compete years and years and not be that great. Um, but you're just harming more so of your body, you know? Right. Um, for me, honestly, like it's not, it's, I I would still be competing if I didn't think that I had, um, decent genetics. Cause again, I started competing and I started competing naturally. I've been, I, I've been natural longer than I've been enhanced. Mm -hmm. I've actually only been enhanced now for, um, three years and I was natural for 17, you know, uh, and so, um, only because I really wanted to step my game up and I wanted to compete, I wanted to get out of men's physique, you know what I mean? I didn't want to do that forever, but, um, I was able to do that naturally. So it's, you're capable of competing on a natural level, you know, mm-hmm. and you're capable of competing and winning on a natural level. Um, but again, going back to, you have to kind of identify yourself, especially if you are somebody that is, um, enhanced and, uh, you have to think to yourself, is this something that you're you're gonna be good at and you're gonna make it because you could still compete and um not have to go all crazy with the compounds and not have to go all crazy with the drugs and still get a lot out of it still get a lot out of it and still do really good yeah yeah um so you have to kind of have that mindset too it's like okay how far can i really go yeah and um yeah. mindset and self-awareness self-awareness big absolutely i agree 100 bodybuilding world and these young icons of the bodybuilding world dying so early uh, i think it's tragic man i uh, i really do um i myself have i've never taken anything uh as far as like enhancements goes 
Um, but I, I always tell people I've probably done more research than most of the people that have. And that's why I've never taken it because, uh, dude, it scared me away, man. Just uh, thinking about having to be on it for the rest of my life and stuff like that. I was like, I'll hold that off until I actually like need the replacement therapy or what have you. Right. Um, but yeah, man, it's tragic. I, uh, you, you hate to see, you know, anybody die, you know, especially, you know, somebody who you're super close to or you knew or met and, and, and stuff like that. So, um, but I'd. I don't know. I want to say it's almost the nature of the beast, man. Um, well, you know what you're getting into. Absolutely. Uh, and if yeah. you don't, you better. Yeah. You right. know, like For I sure. tell people, like if if you don't know what you're taking and you just want to don't even. Don't, yeah. You need to educate yourself. Yes. And I did that well before I even started. Yeah. Taking, I mean, I was learning about this when I was still happily natural. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. People don't do that. They I've had people come up to me and it's like. I got this, I got that, I get this. And I'm like, what exactly is your goal, bro? Like, you know, right, yeah, I mean, yeah, you got yeah. cutting compounds in there. You got bulking compounds in there. Like, <laughs> and you don't have an aromatizing inhibitor or an estrogen receptor. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but you got everything else. Like people are not educating. And I think that's the biggest thing is a, a lot of people are not educating themselves with the, um, the knowledge or what, what you can get, um, the positives and the negatives, you know, and people only look at the outside pictures like, wow, that dude's big. He must be on shit. I need to, you know, like, no. right. So I just wish we could, uh, bring it out of the, the alley or the back doors and really just, you know, have these conversations openly and not be judged and, and kind of, instead of, like this dark underworld of, of steroids, you know? I mean, there, there is positive benefits, and if you do it right, Absolutely. you're not going to destroy your this beautiful system that we've already been gifted, but um, it can enhance you in a positive way. And, and it's, I think, because it's so in the dark and underground still, after all these years, um, I think it would be better to bring it out in the open. And, you know, like if everyone would be honest and go, you know, if you do it this way, you can benefit. There is a longevity angle as well. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you know, you cycle on, cycle off. Like, there's ways to do it properly. Well, yeah. Would... It was just like, you know, they, a lot of your compounds, I mean, some, yes, they, they've made for other reasonings, but a, a lot of them such as like, uh, if you look at like DECA, you know, like um, that was, uh, that was made for, uh, muscle deteriorating diseases, you know, for people that, um, I, I, yeah, just like what it is. And like, you look at growth hormone and whatnot, like they administer a lot of these compounds to muscle deteriorating diseases, like people that have them or like even HIV patients. Um, so there's positives to a lot of those, a lot of these things. Now there's a lot of negatives also, but theoretically besides some of the, um, compounds that were made for you know, like cows or horses, obviously we'll leave those to the side, but right. the ones that, you know, theoretically were pharmaceutical made for humans, there there's positives to that, you know? And, um, so they're not all entirely bad, you know, like, again, it's how you do it. Um, and the amount that you do, you do use, because again, like you got a muscle deteriorating disease, there's a couple steroids that a doctor's going to prescribe and put you on a low amount. So that way, you know, it slows down the process or you're able to at least maybe uh, grow or uh, uh, develop some new lean tissue, right? So um, it's not entirely bad, but again, people don't 
educate themselves. And like, for me, I love to know where like certain, certain compounds and, and, uh, certain anabolics come from the nature and why it was invented or why, you know, this specific, uh, compound was, uh, why they came up with it, you know, like, yep. it's just yep. like, I, it, it amazes me like Trinbolone, even like how that, that was made for cattle. Right. Like, I mean, you get somebody in a slaughterhouse in New York, buy a whole bunch of head of cattle that's coming from Texas. Well, they're, they're buying a certain amount of weight, right? They want that weight to show up in, in New York, all the same weight that they bought it from. Right. So what are they going to do? Your cows are not eating from Texas to New York. That's how Trimbalone is made. Wow. You know, so, I did not know that. Well, yeah. because it, what it does is it protects, uh, the cattle from losing any type of tissue. Gotcha. And not only that, when it's in a stressed out environment, they quite possibly still can be, their body can still be trying to add new tissue to their frame. Right. So I, the, the knowledge behind that and yeah. just knowing where it came from and knowing mm. what it is utilized for. So yeah, you like, you know, um, yeah. And That's again, just, and again, it's, it's, it's just, fascinating. It's very fascinating. Bro. It's fascinating, man. dude. It gets, for sure. Yeah, I get excited, sure. man. Again, yeah. yeah, excited. And again, there's no magic pill. You absolutely still got to do the work. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can't. You can't expect to take. Well, it's you go to some of these commercial gyms and you wouldn't believe. You look at an individual and and lo and behold, you don't know this, but there'll be people that's like on six or seven different compounds. You're like, how is that dude on six and looks like that? Because you still have to be pretty structured. There is no magic pill. It's just like the supplements you're going to get at the supplement store or whatnot. You still have to abide by some type of structure. You still have to eat the way that, you know, that's going to help influence that particular uh, supplement to yep. um, help you out. You yep. know what I mean? It's yep. just, there is no magic pill. Um, I would say the closest magic pill that there is, uh, would be your food, your nutrition, honestly. Oh, yeah, that, that's that's bro, that, that would be the magic pill. The magic pill. <laughs> that is the magic pill. Absolutely. So, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, well, let's see some of the other work that we do over at the Lift Factory. All right. So, we're here at another machine. Yeah, yeah. So, this is a, a standing uh, single stack lateral machine. Um, probably one of my favorite. Uh, pieces of equipment that there is. Again, this you can do quite a few things obtaining to your shoulders. So what are we gonna do here? Um, this one, we're gonna actually, we're gonna work on the posterior deltoid head, uh, the rear delt. It's gonna be a chest supported uh, rear delt uh, raise. Um, so I'll show you how I'll, let you I'll do, do that. Too. So uh, I wanna isolate, I wanna get most of my posterior deltoid head, leaving no room for any secondaries, such as like the medial or uh, anterior. So I'm gonna basically be like this, utilizing my wrist. I'm not going to grip it at all. Again, I'm focusing on the posterior deltoid head. So you can go ahead and fist just like this, or you can leave that open, however you choose, chest supported, and you're just gonna raise it up like this. Now, now uh, range of motion is big on this. So obviously if you're gonna come up more, your secondary on that's gonna be your traps. You're gonna hit a lot of traps along with your posterior. So a little less range of motion, you're gonna focus primarily on the posterior deltoid head. Again, the higher you go, the more you're gonna get also with your traps, but a little less range of motion, you're gonna focus more on the posterior deltoid. You can do a lot of volume, you can do high rep or you can go super heavy as well. Um, 
You go super heavy doing an exhaust set. So what I mean by that is you go super heavy and then you're gonna do what I call like pulse. Pulse reps and you're gonna force a lot of blood into that posterior part of your delta. And those traps. Yeah, dude, I don't work those popped. either, man. Yeah, so I, I try to definitely not stimulate those, or I don't definitely I don't focus on them, or right. I definitely try not to even like get secondary. Uh, yeah, they 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 grow just about as fast as my glutes do. So, uh, Looks good, you know, man. Looks good. I don't really have to focus on. Um, and we had another exercise. We'll have to get back to the lift factory and and do that maybe with yeah, one yeah. of your clients. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean. One of the benefits that I get out of the show is I get to, you know, talk to other trainers, other coaches, and I learn so much. And I've never actually had a coach. So it's kind of like I'm getting coaching for my workouts, and then I can kind of maybe turn that on to my clients. And it's like I, I wish another thing is like more of that, like, you know, like share the love, share the techniques, share the, the things that work for you that could help other people change their body everybody can eat bro yeah 100 <laughs> percent. yeah and and yeah i mean uh you know those those uh the tie-in workout that you did it's like and you know coaches are so good at this and you know we talk about you know you know that con that isometric contraction mm -hmm. is so important and and sometimes i forget about it you know my own workouts and and, and i see those things that i i go ah oh, yeah i gotta Gotta bring that back. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. See, I'm I'm the same way. I've I've never had a coach either, mm. and um, I don't want to say I pride myself on that. Like I do, kind of knowing what I've done for myself, it, I, I um, it excites me. I I've had mentors and whatnot, but I've never had somebody. Um, I've learned everything for myself. I remember doing my first show. I've never been to a show in my life. I walked in there and I won it, you know, like, <laughs> um, and it was an MPC show and I was natural and I was going up against enhanced individuals and I won it. And I, it, it, I'll save that story for a later day, but like, cause again, <laughs> I went into this show, not even never been to a bodybuilding show in my life. And, um, so I, I take a lot of pride in that, but yes, uh, I do a lot of, I mean, podcast watching i i mean i dig a lot and i do a lot of textbook i get into a lot of textbook reading and stuff like that because it's continuously you know continuous education yeah. and even when you like re-educate or you um uh you retest out for certification and stuff it's still not the you're getting the basics right yeah. you're the bar none you as an individual if you want to like become better or you want to like um develop more um just a uh, better way of doing things, you have to actually do the work yourself and you have to dig and you have to search and you have to, um, there's a lot of good content out there too. Mm. And it's not so much just the people that you, that have a wider range of followers or um, a big YouTube flat platform. I found some incredible content with people that might only have, you know, like 30 subscribers or something, you know, like some of your most passionate, most um, knowledgeable people come from the ones that are forcing them uh, to not focus so much on the followers or the subscribers, they might have a channel, but they're more focused on developing like that, that good educational like program for particular like movements or just like particular like, uh, uh, nutrition, like meals or protocols or whatnot, mm -hmm. you know? So, mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, you always have to, you got to keep on learning. Yeah. Always keep on searching for the next thing. Yeah. That's another thing. I like to look at machines too and be like, what can I use that machine for, for what it's not supposed to be used for? <laughs> right. Know? Dude, that right. delt movement, that rear delt, I do that exact same thing, bro. Dude, I, love <laughs> I do that, that exact same. Dude, solid. on my wrist, the That's same. That's what's up, bro, see? the same way, dude. <laughs> Great minds think alike bro, I right saw, here. I saw that and I was like, yo. And I'll, <laughs> dude, I'll like, I'll bend over it and I'll reach around and touch my my rear delt with my other. Dude, the activation is crazy. Yep. See? And I'm the, and that's what i love and, and that's another thing is you, you, you people's like man I, I hit a plateau i'm just doing the same thing like you could take one movement and you can change a couple variables and make it four different movements completely man different. Yeah, yeah completely different it's sure. just like going back to the diff different machines like i can take for instance the plate loadable chest press machine there at mm -hmm. the factory i've turned that into a full body machine dude no like, literally easy. like easy I can even I can even work hamstrings on that machine. Like it's, I can even like literally I can work yeah. legs on them, and it's a a plate loadable chest press machine. Right, right. Like sky's cool. the limit, dude. Like you yeah, look at something, it's like, what am I gonna do today? What am, you know? What new movement am I gonna create today? You know, nice. it's a big old so, playground, bro. That's what it that's is, exactly. dude. It's an adult, an adult playground. playground for yeah, sure. real. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um. So, um, we were talking about a little bit of the evolution of the gym, um, mm -hmm. and. Uh, he was saying that uh, you did some uh, enhancements of the gym while we were in COVID lockdown. Yeah, uh, you, you, you. I, I saw the um, the spinning studio, sweatshop. the sweatshop. Yeah, yeah. And so, where are you going with this? Are you gonna keep taking sections of the? Oh, that's the plan. Man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so when we first started, obviously we didn't have the leg room. The leg room wasn't there. Um, that was another business. And when we very first started, um, me being more of like the bodybuilder physique kind of mindset, we had a bunch of bodybuilding machines. Um, and then a bunch of power lifters started to come in and train there because it, I mean, it, it, it works well for them too. Right. And so, um, next thing you know, we're getting like deadlift bars and calibrated plates and deadlift platform platforms and, uh, and squat racks and catering to the power lifters too. So it kind of changed as, uh, as that goes as well. Um, and then the business next door to us, um, ended up leaving, uh, which left that vacant. And we told our, uh, you know, our landlord, we're like, uh, we'll, we'll take that. That's cool. <laughs> Would you mind if we put a, a big ass hole in the wall right here? They're like, go ahead. Like, Bet. Let's do it. Right. Nice. And so do my personal, my favorite thing to train is legs easy because it's the hardest. That's my, my most favorite. So as soon as we got that, I was like, that has to be a leg room. Like we got to move the, uh, we got to move the leg equipment over there, there for nice. sure. Nice. For sure. And so that's kind of how that happened. Um, and then during COVID, uh, you know, the gym was closed down. Um, and, uh, we decided to do a little, uh, little remodeling and we put up a wall, made that, that space there kind of a, um, you know, multi-purpose room, the sweatshop. Mm -hmm. So we have a uh, group fitness training there, spin classes and stuff like that. Nice. So it's, it's for everybody. You get your hardcore lifters. Oh, yeah, for sure. You got people that want to do, you know, 45-minute spin classes. Absolutely. Nice. Yep. Yeah, nice. trying to incorporate all of that, um, all that into it. Um, then uh, if the next tenant next to us goes away, it's going to be a back room. So uh, we're just waiting for the day. <laughs> and it probably happened. <laughs> um, so what's the evolution of your program and your brand? Where are you headed? What are you doing? Um, 
to keep on progressing. Like, obviously this is, to me, I, this is, this is my purpose. This is my calling. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. So, um, I want to just grow as a business. I want to, um, and I don't want to limit myself just as, you know, certain individuals like contest prep. I want to, I want to be able to cater to everybody, you know, like, cause at the end of the day, like everybody has different goals. And as long as I'm helping them succeed with their goals, like to me, that's, I'll be winning, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, mm -hmm. it's just to continues to be like, I don't have a day off. I have two days allocated for like my online clients and updates and things like that. But I mean, I, I say I don't have every, a day off, but I have every day off if that makes sense, mm -hmm. you know, cause I'm doing what I absolutely love, but it's just a continuously like get better and better. And, um, I really don't, like I said before earlier, um, my main objection is to be able to help as many, as many people as I can. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, even if I was to just where I'm at today, even if this was it and the amount of clients that I have today and that was it, like. I'd be content with that because at the end of the day, like, again, it's not, it's not the, the money that attracts me to what I do. It's the possibility of helping somebody, you know, and helping people. And, um, you know, like they come to me like, and they have this vision of what they want to look like or the, the type of health they want to be in, you know? And so to be able to help guide people to be able to do that, like, I, like I said, right now where I'm at in life is exactly, I don't care if it's 10 years from now, I'm making the same amount of money with the same amount of clients. Like I'm content, man. I'm, I'm, that's a, happy where it's at, dude. I'm a happy individual. Being you know? content. That's where it's at. Yeah, yeah dude. For yeah. Sure. I'm content. For sure. You so live long. <laughs> you live long. I'm happy, you know? <laughs> um, so you did talk to me about maybe doing another show soon. Are yeah. You yeah. Yeah. Now or? Well, okay. So, um, 18 weeks out it's just, it's the show the the only show that i lost last year um but it was the one that i needed to win <laughs> the most out of all three of them so i'm going back to pittsburgh it's north americans um i kind of i have a little i was going to do usas but i didn't have that fire um thinking about the usas like i had for north americans um i've been fortunate enough to to win almost everywhere and almost every show that I've entered in, you know, like it's just, I'm coming up short with the one that I need and I need to go back to Pittsburgh and prove to myself that it doesn't matter where I compete. I can beat anybody, you mm -hmm. know? Um, it's, uh, when you say need, is that to get to, okay. So I, to get my pro card okay. and, um, you know, it's, I, so many people have the, their thought of like, they want their pro card for this reason, that reason, this reason, that reason for me, it's just, it's just a goal. Okay. It's, it, it's, it's a big goal and it, it's nothing more so than, cause I'm a very competitive individual. I just, I, I, I want that goal. It's something that I've been working hard for. And then if I do accomplish that on Tuesday, um, that following Saturday, I can do uh, Pittsburgh masters pro. So my goal and what I'm going to do is I'm going to win Tuesday and then I'm going to go win the Pittsburgh masters pro on Saturday. So two nice. wins in one week, that's what I'm going to do. I'm saying that in a confident, uh, very confident, um, uh, demeanor, not, not, I'm not saying that as like a, uh, um, bragging, bragging. Or, nope. Yeah, it's yeah. just a very, a, a very, uh, confident demeanor. You got to go in there like CT Fletcher, bro. 
Yeah, Which so one of you it, motherfuckers is coming in second. Well, <laughs> when I last year when I when I when I took Tahoe when I won Tahoe overall the um the head judge actually came backstage to find me and he he's like well first of all he's like dude you need a pizza first and foremost he's like never seen anybody that treaded you know no. so and then he's like um, if I have one um, you're going to North Americans so he's like if I have one thing to tell you is you need to go on that stage and you need to own it. And what he meant by that is my confidence. I mm -hmm. need, he's like, if, if you looked around at um, where you're at today and the way that you look, the way that you look, you need to know you look like that. And you need sure. to step on stage knowing how you look, you know, and, and he wasn't saying it as a cocky, like kind of an arrogant, you know, he wasn't saying to be that way at all, but right. more, more of uh, a, like, an absolute amount of confidence, you know, like yep. I'm going to come in here and I'm going to like dominate, you know? And, um, so, but yeah, so that's what, that's, that's my plan. And, uh, I'm sticking to it and 18 <laughs> weeks out and it's going to get filthy. It's going to get nasty. And, um, uh, some people that follow me noticed how crazy I got last year with my physique. It's just going to be crazier this year. So I can't wait, man. You're yeah. definitely coming back on the show. Yeah. It's going to be a after. good year. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so you are doing the show and you're going to do two. Like, how do you navigate the the peak week show ready? Then you only have two days. So I would I would compete on Tuesday and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So the three cool, days. Yeah. The cool thing is, is I get so conditioned that I can be down at two oh five and then I can actually like I could fill myself up and I could still be on stage at two twenty with striated glutes. So that's how conditioned and how lean that I get and um, how much uh, water retention that I do lose. So on Tuesday, my cutoff in the MPC is 205. So like when I go weigh in or whatnot, so I could be on stage at 205. My cutoff in the IFBB is 215. So obviously there's going to be people that are going to be, you know, 215, 220. So I can easily just feed myself the next three days until Saturday walk on stage at 215 220 still really well conditioned striated glutes and hang uh, with the big boys you know what i'm saying wow. so it was crazy because last year when i did north americans i weighed 193 pounds i mean i was wow if, if you go on my instagram and you look at some of these pictures it's just insane it, and then i went and did the las vegas uh classic the steve car las vegas classic and i think i was on stage at 222 and i still had striated glutes so i went from 193 to 222 pounds with still striated glutes nice i'm nice. not going to get myself that low at north americans this time i'm i've i don't need to i'm just going to make weight and then fill up a little bit more upon that and hopefully be on stage you know at 210 212 this this year so. nice to the socks yeah well exactly yeah <laughs> it's every time that i do a show i learn more about myself and what i need to do right my concept is um i just uh i like to get really really shredded like just insanely conditioned just um uh, really insanely conditioned that's my problem is uh i just yeah. And, and not having a coach, of course I got, you know, other people, like I got a couple set of eyes or whatnot, but I, it's hard for me to be like, okay, stop, you know, <laughs> because once I start seeing the freak, I want to see freaky, <laughs> you know, I want to keep on getting freakier and freak. When people look at me and they're like, what the fuck is that? Like, right. that's when I'm like, 
okay, I'm not freaky enough yet, but <laughs> you know, like, Love so that. that's my, that's my problem is I, I want to get too insanely. Um, and, uh, on the health stance of things too, I've noticed in the past couple of years, it's definitely not the, um, the healthiest thing to do to get as depleted as I get. So this year I'm definitely taking it a little bit differently. I'm still going to be freaky. If not freakier, it's just, I'm going to not get as, um, insanely depleted. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. Oh man, I'm really excited to see. Yeah, I'm stoked. It's, <laughs> it's my, I, I, I love prep and the structure. Of course I, I have structure year round, but when you're on prep, that's, more structure. I get really, I mean, I'm calculating everything. I'm, I'm just, it's notes everywhere. It's like, um, I think what was it? Uh, Goodwill hunting. Was that with, uh, was that with Matt Damon? Matt Damon. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, because sure. wasn't he a math teacher or whatever? Uh huh. Math all, genius. Math yeah. genius. Yeah. That's, I know it, it sounds crazy, but that's kind of how I am with my prep. Yeah. It's, tons of numbers and i'm constantly like it's it's like uh science it's insane it's like i'm an add like just non-stop i'm like did i track this today did i get this number down like okay and i'm i'm like literally like calculating the amount of glycogen that my body can store and whatnot you know yeah. it's just freaking weird man. next level love it love that's it. what it takes though man that's what it takes yeah well guys that was a great show Absolutely. hey people if you like this content spot you know you know, share it with your friends, write a review, do whatever you can and share this knowledge. This guy's got a lot of knowledge. If you need a gym in Las Vegas, go to the Lift Factory. Um, and until next time, fans, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs>